We are live. Good to see you today, my EOS podcast friends. I have a special show to you, for you today. Um, we've got Kevon, and he is an attorney termed fil- uh, turned filmmaker. He uh, has kind of a legendary background in the independent film market, international success, all kinds of interesting stuff. Um, if you want to look into it in the uh, IMDb. Now you are the co-chairman of the International Committee for the Producers Guild of America. What we have today, my EOS friends, we're going to talk about blockchain, how it fits into the film industry, producers, uh, distribution, all, all of that, um, which the EOS people, we don't know that much about. So this is going to be a journey into the unknown, and it's going to be the most interesting podcast in the history of the EOS podcast. So, <laughs> Well, good morning. No. <laughs> uh, good morning, uh, everyone on the EOS world. I'm so thrilled to be uh, on my very first podcast. This is my first time I'm doing this, and I'm very grateful for the fact that Brandon has given me this opportunity. Uh, my name is Kayvon Mishaik. I'm the co-chairman of the International Committee of Producers of America, and um, we have just started this initiative back uh, in the fall of last year in, in uh, the London Film Festival where uh, it was this uh, discussion about blockchain and how it applies in the film industry was born out of the frustrations that I had when, as a content creator, you didn't know how to quite monetize the, uh, the, the, the content that you're creating and how you're able to realize that down, downstream um, once you, you get your film out there. Now, this discussion is going to be very, very comprehensive and at some points maybe a little bit um, too, how do I say, one-on-one for some of you because you're so uh, technologically uh, adept at this subject matter, which I'm not. So I'm trying to merge these two worlds where people who are neophytes and are not understanding very much about the technology gain a foothold in how to merge these two worlds between people who don't understand this technology and people who have real problems uh, in trying to get their content out there and have it monetized and merge them together. And I've been fortunate enough to have some blockchain companies uh, that are uh, out there in, uh, in helping us realize uh, this, um, uh, these issues and, and, and bring it to the forefront of the discussion. So, with that, I'm going to um, let Brandon begin the discussion. All right. Well, um, what we can do is I'd like to walk through the process of getting a film made because I think that, um, as a lot of people state pretty often, blockchain doesn't just solve everything magically. Um, <clears throat> how this will happen is in pieces and, and small parts of the industry will be changed and adjusted until someday uh, the blockchain is just doing magical things behind the doors and no one knows what's going on like the internet it just works you just type stuff in it tells you so uh let's let's start with um kind of how a film is i guess what would the beginning be of a film would it be raising money or where where's the film process start or a, a well the, the film process the beginning of the film process uh always starts with one thing it's the ip the intellectual property without the intellectual property without the story without the rights to that story you can't have anything launched because it, it requires um, you to go out there and find it from whatever source you can and then have that um, get, obtaining the rights to that IP sets off a chain where you can start the development process. Um, and in the traditional uh, way, uh, the development process consists of um, you coming up with the underlying literary property, which you can take that story and turn it into a screenplay, or if it's a short story, or if it's something that you've seen in a video clip or something, anything that you can take and turn it into a story and turn it into a screenplay. So that screenplay becomes your IP. Once that IP is created, then you go through the process of, of uh, um, 
packaging. And packaging is when you get a director or a, uh, a famous actor involved. And, and from that point, you can, uh, you can start the process of financing. And financing the picture can come through different sources. It can come through private equity. It could come through um, uh, soft money. Like, for example, if you're shooting it in a, cer a certain state, you have a certain level of spend in that state. You can get tax credits or tax benefits. Or if you're doing something in Europe, you can, uh, you can avail yourself of the benefits of co-production treaties and get co-production financing and putting it all together. Now, this process is not something that you do individually. It's something where you put a team of people together and, uh, and eventually you move the, the, the needle forward. But the person who does that is the producer. And who is, what is the producer? The producer is a person, technically speaking, that's a person who's financially and administratively responsible for motion picture or film or television show, whatever, from the development stage all the way through the production stage to the post-production stage to the distribution and eventually, you know, getting it out there for the world to see. Now, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, Far, I, sorry if it was a little bit too long of an explanation. No, that's, that's perfect. I think that's, I mean, there's there, two things popped up to me there where, where um, you can let me know how blockchain fits in, but, but intellectual property is, is kind of an obvious one. Uh, it, it seems like it, the blockchain gives you this opportunity to set some sort of, of standard for global intellectual property. Is that something that you run into where maybe your intellectual property is protected in some countries, but not others? And, or is there some sort of, uh, recognized international standard for that or what's that that scene look like well your your, your IP is is basically it's something that we you, you have it copyrighted your intellectual property is something that's going to be protected by copyright law uh, and that's something that's universally recognized because whenever you, you, you that that uh, eventual IP is produced you got to go through this huge process legal process where the chain of title of that IP becomes mission critical and without that proper chain of uh, title showing that you own that IP or you have rights to it or somehow, you are not able to exploit a dime of that revenue without, mm -hmm. you know, having <laughs> legal trouble come your way, which you don't want. So, I mean, the, 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 the process, uh, once again, uh, is something that is um, very, very, uh, how do I, standardized in certain ways, but you know, in, as we move into this new world where technology and film are starting to marry themselves together, certain aspects of it may be um, ripe for this whole um, decentralized uh, uh, ledger that, that blockchain is, you know, um, that, which, you know, is, is very, very fascinating. Like, for example, um, you have a question? Sorry, I, you seem like you had a question. No. Uh, well, for example, uh, you, you know, when it, when it comes to um, um, creating smart contracts, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with, you can, you can find a way to, all that is is just basically you're, you're, you take a QR code, you could code something and create that digital asset and that digital asset can be exploited. So uh, through, through the blockchain technology that we have. So there's a lot of ways you can simplify things where, if you're, if you're trying to realize the, um, the money for or film, for example, and you got to go through the waterfall process, and it, that, that doesn't have to go through a centralized person determining how much money is collected, who collects it. One, per, one person collects it, and one person has to account for it and eventually give out the money to all the people who are supposed to be, you know, have a right to that income. That could be digitized and created through the blockchain very easily. This is just one example. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's probably uh, in the future some sort of um, 
use for the blockchain as far as recording intellectual property in a place where everyone can, um, you know, where the blockchain is just a, a, a simple tool where it can be on an immutable ledger where it can be stored and looked up really easily. So um, I think a, a probably more interesting application is, is the financing angle. How, what kind of thought have you put into or what do you think about the um, almost like a GoFundMe type of uh, or like ICO type of raises for uh, bigger films where, where people can, you know, put $5,000 into a film um, from, from anywhere around the globe? That's a very interesting question because I think that's uh, something that, you know, currently in, in, in this whole atmosphere where I'm, I'm just telling you from, from, from the perspective of I'm seeing it. So this is strictly my opinion only. And my, my opinion only is because of this whole um, crypto, how do I put it? Um, this decay in uh, trust in the whole cryptocurrency world that's the happening. Mania, yeah. <laughs> happened. yeah. And, you know, the valuation, for example, of Bitcoin, it's freaked a lot of people out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many people in the film industry are, are shying away from things that have anything with the world, with the world of cryptocurrencies. And blockchain is, is sometimes um, associated with that. Even though the technology has, is, 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 has nothing to do exactly with, with cryptocurrencies. I mean, cryptocurrencies were, were, were created through the blockchain. But whenever you say blockchain, people immediately start thinking, oh, crypto, and I don't want to deal with it because mm -hmm. they freak out about it. So because it has this kind of a negative cloud over it right now, uh, raising, raising money through an ICO for, for a film has become very, very challenging. Now, Absolutely. there are lots of companies out there that are trying to you know, uh, go around this issue because at the end of the day, what they're trying to push is the value, the positive value of the technology because the technology is real. The technology is valid. And, and if, if you're able to utilize bits and pieces of it and put it on a platform, you can be um, very, very successful in, in maximizing the efficiency of your project. And, and let me, I mean, just, just by, let me just give you an example. I mean, we were talking about just a minute ago, for example, recoupment schedule. That's a very simple way to, uh, to, you know, to create a smart contract where if you're a person that you created content and it, it, you get a distributor to distribute the, the film, you want to make sure that at, when it's out there, there is, you, you know where you are in line to receive the money. Well, this can be easily coded and transparent. You know, it doesn't have to be something that's so complicated, but it can be done. Now, in order for it to be done, in order for this type of technology to really, really work, everybody from the producer to the distributor to the exhibitor, everybody's got to come on board this platform. In order for it to be a viable solution, the you know, the um, the end all be all thing. And I, I got to tell you something very interesting because I recently spoke with a, an investor in this in this world, who's basically like watching these these uh, six segments that I'm doing. Basically, I'm doing these six segments around the world. We started in London. Next week, I'm going to be doing this in Berlin, uh, and then uh, Tribeca, and then Cannes, and then Venice and Toronto. So each time we're doing this, we're, we're, we're focusing on one aspect of the blockchain technology and how it can be applied in the film business. This next talk that I'm doing is going to be on monetization and fragmented landscape. How do you monetize? So that's why I'm trying to focus on this part. And when I was talking to this investor, he told me, he goes, what, what's happening here right now is everybody's, he used the hockey stick um, example for me. Everybody's on the bottom of that bottom part of that hockey stick 
you know, and we're trying to figure out how this technology is going to be not only relevant, but um, something that's going to be utilizable. At some point, the moment everybody gets on that platform and understands the value and are able to pick out, figure out the kinks, the hockey stick, you will hit that, that up curve, that parabolic up curve where you can hold the, and that's when it becomes a reality. Mm-hmm. For now, we're, we're in the embryonic stages. We're in the beginning stages. It's kind of like when, when a car was created at first. It was the hand-cranked car, and people kind of looked at it and said, what is this kind of weird thing, and you know, how does this work? And, but there's still a lot to be uh, uh, learned about this uh, that a lot of people are unsure about and how it applies in that specific uh, field, in that, in that world. Yeah, we're definitely um, kind of from the beginning of your statement there, we're definitely in like the early internet era here, like the pets.com website with nothing on it era where a bunch of websites popped up, none of them did anything, a bunch of people made a lot of money and then everyone was scared of the internet for a few years and the few people that stuck around and built um, like Amazon and um, companies like that it took them a long time, but eventually the internet came to fruition. We're definitely in the, that bottom of the hockey stick there. Um, so it is a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah. And, and, and also the thing is the, the, the key three things that, you know, I keep on, you know, harping on is, you know, is this technology that's being used, is it adaptable? Is it adoptable? And is it scalable? Now, the scalability issue is very relevant to what you're doing, Brandon, because EOS apparently is, is uh, from my understanding, and I'm sure, you know, your EOS world of techie, um, superior-minded people can explain this to me, it can handle a larger number of transactions uh, than an Ethereum. Is, am I correct? I mean, if, if once you get to an issue where a lot of people come on there, you want to be using a system that uses EOS and not Ethereum. Am I correct? Because the, the standard yeah, at this at this point, uh, the the proof of um, the proof of stake system that EOS has, delegated proof of stake system, has been more scalable. It's got a lot more DApps being built on it, just because of the fact that uh, you can do transactions quickly and you don't have to sit there and wait a minute or two minutes. People don't, you know, no. In this day and age, no one wants to wait. <laughs> so, uh, so it currently is proving to be the most scalable. Absolutely. So. And, and, in, and in my world, I mean, the, the, any solution that you come up with regarding this has to deal with uh, a trade-off between three things, not just the scalability issue, but also the security issue and also the decentralization. So if you're able to you know, create this platform where everybody's going to come on it, are you giving one thing up for another? Are you giving up scalability for, for more security or more decentralization? Because you know, it, kinda, it, it moves all, all, all up in levels. So you can't maximize all three of them you need to have some kind of trade-off in order for this platform to really engage and, and really move forward. Yeah, there's actually a pretty good debate about that trade-off as far as the, um, you can't maximize all of them, but uh, the argument for DPoS is that it's uh, close to as secure as a proof-of-work chain because of the way that uh, mining pools basically come together, uh, giant conglomerates of mining pools own large portions of the chain. So, uh, whereas they're, people look at EOS like a governed chain, like people are just putting out votes and they're deciding what to do. And what if those people were to collude and they all put their votes in one place to make a decision? Uh, But you can also look at a proof of work chain like Bitcoin as people voting with their hashing power. They're not voting outright, but they are voting with what they're doing with their money. Uh, And those are 
kind of have come together into big voting pools where they can in the same way come together, manipulate the direction of the chain. So um, it's debatable whether it is less secure or not at this point. So that's not a real, the trade-off there is not as, as black and white as people like to make it. Um, obviously, you you know, the trade-offs, they're, they're happening, but it's not like a, you're trading security on EOS. There's, um, EOS is, is uh, possibly equally as secure. So, um, and the, the thing about what we're talking about here is kind of the next stage of adoption. And honestly, us crypto heads have a lot of debates over security issues and integrity of the chain and uh, worst case scenarios. But once you get the people who just want to use uh, blockchain on the back end, they don't necessarily care about that. They're not going to choose a, uh, uh, for a small trade-off. They're not going to make a choose uh, choice where the user interface is much better or the user experience is much better. They're just going to go with a good user experience. Right now, you have people that use Facebook uh, because they they just because it's easy to use not because they're worried about security or their privacy so um that's that's kind of an interesting take as well i don't think that the adoption community is going to necessarily care there mm -hmm. of, of course you know there's a lot of other um uses for this in my industry for example to, to, to tackle piracy i mean that's like a one of the things that distributors um in the traditional model, going back to our initial discussion, when you asked me about how it works, when a distributor distributes your film, they will utilize. Uh, you, you usually have to go as a producer. You got to go through a sales agent. You 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 have the territorial rights to, for your film that's sold in several different territories around the world, so they can distribute it around. You know uh, the countries that have the rights to to distribute your your, your content. And for that, you may have about you know four or five countries that have the distribution rights to, to your film, and will account for it, and they'll pay out according to their schedule, you know whatever. But once you get on this platform, the reason why it's important is is you can control that. You can control who sees your film when, and for how much. So that and you completely you don't necessarily cut out the middleman, but you make it a, a fairer process where you're able to be in a position where you can realize your 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 um, your revenue much quicker than going through this whole process where it's got to be accounted for. You, you send the invoice in about, you know, 12 to 18 months, the guy will maybe give you the, the money based on whatever they say they receive. So instead of it going from one to, to one central source, you, you know, this decentralized process is something that could be very, very useful for filmmakers who can't have the, don't have the access of going through a traditional distributor to get their, their content out there. Because you have to be able to convince a distributor that, hey, my, my film is good enough for, 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 you know, for a, an audience that you, you think will be able to buy into it. But why not? Why shouldn't I be able to put it out there and see who's going to be able to see it when they want to see it and be able to realize my revenue then through this system, through this, uh, through this technology? Yeah, that is, that is a heavy bottleneck. So the way I understand it is that, okay, I have a, a film that's packaged and ready to go. Now I need to go to... Uh, each different part of the globe and negotiate some sort of distribution contract with them. Exactly. And, and, and that's just a, a heavy, that's a heavy process. Um, and a lot of it comes down to, I'm going to go for the bigger markets where I'm going to get more bang for my buck, but that market that maybe only is going to have a thousand views or a, then I'm going to ah, skip it uh, because it's not worth my time. So what happens with that, 
community that was only going to have a thousand views, but they still want to watch a show. Where do they watch it? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is, this is where piracy happens. Piracy happens mm -hmm. because if you don't have access to, to the material, <clears throat> you want to see it, you find a way to do it. And, and as a result, you know, these type of uh, situations have been created where technology and film come together and they merge and say, Hey, if I was able to give you the best quality stream, the best quality thing, and I'm, I'm only going to charge you a small amount of money, would you be able to do it? Would you be able to have, you know, uh, use this tech, use this platform? And most people would go for it because it's cheap. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, whoever is the beneficiary, like for the content creators or you know, the, uh, the, the rights holders, will able to be able to realize the, you know, the income from their movie. Yeah. So it's like right now, uh, you know, if you have a bell curve of, of where the money's being made or where the distribution's happening, it's happening kind of in the meat of that bell curve, but there's these tales where there's a lot of viewers that are just ending up either pirating or watching for free somehow, uh, because it's just not, you know, the show's not coming to their area. It seems like such a logical place for blockchain because all it's going to take is an intermediary platform to, to step in and build the distribution network. Like say, we'll just use Netflix, for example, some something as quality as Netflix comes in, they say, we are a movie chain, we're going to show these new releases. And now as now I have a movie, all I have to do is go negotiate with movie chain for distribution, and they can hit all the tails. And then all those tales, those are just individual viewers and they can come in and buy like they would a movie ticket. Individual. You, you, you get on so many issues here that I want to like, like I'm, I'm about to, I'm, I'm bursting <laughs> out of my skin to talk about it because first thing right off the bat, I mean, the studios have the technology available to them. You can, at, at the moment you go and you purchase that movie ticket, you could set off a blockchain event. Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's all a code coded on your ticket, right? That co code on that ticket could at that moment set off the blockchain for all the people that are rights holders, you know, uh, and beneficiaries to that, to that income. But why don't they do it? Because they want to control it. They want to be able to control how much money is, how much revenue is coming in. They want to be able to gross up expenses. Oh, well, my, our marketing expenses are this much. So you'll, you know, they're able to manipulate the game so much easier when they, when you don't know exactly how much money is going into their, into mm -hmm. their, uh, into their coffers. Now the, the game changer, you know, of all this, as you said, is to create that platform right now, SVOD, SVOD, which is subscription video on demand, you know, the, the, the big 8,000 pound gorillas, which, which we all know who they are, mm -hmm. um, are dominating because not only have they built the platform, Brandon, but they're also creating the content for that platform that they own. Yeah. So they're so smart about, you know, doing that because first of all, they have oodles of cash available to them because of the fact of the matter is they're, you know, their, their stock price is so hard, so high, they're able to, you know, uh, borrow against that and, and be able to, you know, grow, grow, grow through debt. Mm -hmm. uh, but as long as, you know, that, that, you know, that debt is being serviced, you know, they can maintain that growth and they can dominate that industry by, by signing up all the talent that they need to, to create content for them. So at the end of the day, they own the content, they own the platform, bingo, you are, you're God. Now, mm -hmm. let's see me or you want to create a movie and we can't get on that SVOD platform. What do we do? We got to think of something that's TVOD, which is transaction video on demand rather than subscription video on demand. And the moment you can create something that is content to consumer, C to C, not B to C, C to C, you got something. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that, that's, that's where, that's where the game it will really, really shift. Okay. So that's just, 
anyway, this, these are discussions that I've been having with a lot of people in the industry, and, and this is where what how I'm seeing it from my perspective. And once again, I'm a complete an utter neophyte in, in this whole blockchain world. And what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is I'm like a sponge now because it's all coming to me at different angles and, and having to digest this material and having to be able to explain it in such a way through the experts, you know, because we're all trying to figure it out. We're no, nobody's, you know, uh, you know, the end all be all brain and all this stuff, because if there were, we'd be, we'd be like a, Netflix. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're not. Yeah. Well, and so, Netflix took 10 years to build up. They, you know, they went, they, they oh, came out of so. nowhere, but they, they were working on it forever. Yeah. And, so. and God bless them. I mean, you know, it's, it's incredible what they've been able to achieve. And, you know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're putting a lot of people to work. So, I mean, whoever's out there criticizing them, don't criticize them, learn from them. And how, how, can, how can this game become even stronger and better? Because they, you know what's the funny thing is, that Netflix isn't even worried about their competition at all, SVOD, TVOD, whatever. They're worried about, you know what they're worried about? They're worried about the gamers. Mm -hmm. That's who they're worried about. Uh -huh. because, I mean, because the amount of money that those, uh, those gaming, uh, well, uh, it's, it's astronomical. And that, at, that's, at some point, you know, they're going to be taking away eyeballs from, from what the SVOD is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Anyway, so we may be getting sidetracked on all this, but I wanted to kind of maintain, you know, our, our discussion um, and, and keep it fluid so that, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of going in a general direction of, of where you want it to be. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going, it, you're, we're going right down the, right down the, lo the road of uh, EOS glory here. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, I think that that is kind of the heart of, of what could be a big shift is what you were talking about there um you know it, the there's so many there's so many small things that can happen all these little pieces that can be tweaked and can help with blockchain but what everyone's looking for is this what's going to be the big shift what's the what's the new change that people uh that's going to change how we interact and i really think that it is what you're saying the tvod i haven't heard that term before but going from svod to tvod is it's, it's such a logical uh, progression that just removes so much of the things in between. And, and as well, it, it gives the ability for big movie studios and big productions to still uh, operate how they're operating, which is important because they do great things, uh, but then bring the tails into it, which is cool. But then it also gives the opportunity for smaller producers to uh, maybe have independent films that they can distribute much easier. So it helps both ends of the spectrum, it seems like. Yeah, and, and once again, just, just so you, you, we can um, kind of focus, it's content to computers, sorry, so content. content to consumers, C to C is where you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna have the game changer. Mm -hmm. Game changer is gonna be C to C, mm -hmm. you know, because that way you've, you've completely been able to, to um, how do I, filter out a lot of the people that have sl are slowing and making this process a lot uh, 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 less efficient and are you're able to also eliminate a lot of unnecessary costs and give the people directly you know the, the content that they want content goes straight to the consumer and very and tvod is you know is, is if, if it's ab able to kind of grow that's how it could it, it would go and remember that hockey stick effect that i was talking about but because you have to kind of get to a point where all, all this talk goes into action and that mm -hmm. action requires what? It requires capital, it requires 
manpower, because you can't do this stuff and just rely on technology to take care of everything. Yes, these things got to be coded. Well, that means they got to be manually input into those computers and, and created some. But you need the people. For example, one of the things, one of the examples in, in this world of TVOD is, you know, if you want to gain traction on your, your project, that's your, your content that's out there, you can incentivize uh, your followers, influencers, to push people to buy, to buy your content on these TVOD platforms. And you can tokenize that. And you tokenize it and you actually reward them as influencers as a part of the, the, the revenue that can come to, your, through, uh, to, to you in this monetization process um, through a smart contract. So they can be also a beneficiary, you know? Even though they're not a signatory to the original you know, deal, they can become a beneficiary by simply pushing people to come and, and um, bringing eyeballs to that TVOD site to make you want to watch their film. Yeah, I'm so hoping it, I'm making sense. It seems like a- <laughs> Am uh, I talking like, too fast? Or? Yeah, no, it, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. Um, uh, it seems like a, a easy way to imagine this would be the same way that something like iTunes has revolutionized music where uh, now there's a lot of smaller artists who just maybe have one or two songs that people want to hear and people can pay a la carte a dollar for a song and download it. Uh, the difference being that the next step in that kind of process there is uh, integrating the blockchain so that Apple doesn't even necessarily have to be there to facilitate the transaction. Uh, but that, that direct yeah. to consumer is going to be really big. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely something that you, we're going to have to wait and see. And, and, and you got to understand from my perspective, the way I came about all this stuff, um, as all filmmakers, as all independent filmmakers do, there, there's always got to be an event that triggers this for you. And, and, and the event is whenever you get screwed yourself in, in, you know, in this business enough, when you don't understand certain things and you think you're smart, you've hired the right people, whatever, there's always going to be ultimately some, some point or aspect of it that only experience and time will, will illuminate for you. And out of that frustration, last year when I was at the Cannes Film Festival, I could not believe how many blockchain presentations there were. Uh, it was my 15th year in Cannes, and I was so amazed at the fact that there were eight different panels on this technology paradigm shift that, that come, it ended up at a film festival hmm. of that stature. Because... It's the antithesis of anything that, you know, they would want over there. But it's, as part of the market, they're like, this is, I mean, they, they, that's, it's, when you go to Cannes, it's like, a, it's a total bazaar. You know, you've got the film market and you've got the festival and anybody who's schlocking and trying to sell anything is, is trying to get out there and, and get some kind of exposure. But what was fascinating about this, it was in the, in the front uh, cover, one of the articles of the front cover of Screen Daily, is blockchain the new thing that's going to change this industry? And you would, you would never think that in a million years that, that, they would, that they would come up with this kind of stuff because the talk is out there. People are very nervous. They don't understand it. They try to poo-poo it very quickly because it's not something that is going to make them feel comfortable. Because guess what? There's a lot of middlemen in that business that would lose out if you digitize and if you tokenize and if you make things, you know, uh, coded and easy that otherwise you know, would cut out their functionality. Think about it. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, it's just more economical. 
and, and, and so I'm very, very hopeful about it, you know, that, from that perspective. Yeah, it's just, it's going to take a few inroads, and it'll just kind of start. I mean, it's not really, it's one of those things that is just takes these little baby steps forward and really doesn't take steps back. I mean, we're kind of going, it's a, it's a one-way street. Yeah. It's just kind of a matter of if it takes 10 years or uh, there's some sort of precipitating event where it, something happens quickly. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's just about being right on the forefront of it so you can c- capture that. Um, what do you think about the, to me, another big part of this picture is the independent filmmakers. Um, I'm not familiar with that, but it seems that, say that uh, someone wanted to make a film and they need $150,000 to get their great idea out there, um, but they're having trouble raising money. Isn't there some sort of application for crowdsourcing this money on a on a smaller level where where uh, people are owning parts of the show uh, or the movie, something they like? Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, one of the companies that, you know, that is speaking at uh, my, uh, my, my panel at EFM Horizons this uh, Saturday, February 9th uh, in, in Berlin, specializes in that. They're, they're a company called Film Chain um, Big Couch, and uh, they do crowdsourcing for, you know, um, for films using blockchain. And uh, it, uh, they actually do, do, do they do it through this other company that they have called film ca- um, big couch sorry and if I maybe you know I don't want to speak out of line but they, they they were into crew funding for example if you wanted to find a way to get crew onto a film because you don't have, you can't afford it well they would set it up so that the crew could become partial owners of that film That's and cool. they would give their services <clears throat> uh, so that you're able to kind of utilize that to get your movie made. So they all become participants in this, in this uh, uh, thing. So that's one source. Of course, there's Go, GoFundMe, there's Indiegogo, there's Kickstarter, there's all these you know, ways to, to do it. Um, as far as the ICOs are concerned for making movies, I don't know of anyone that's out there personally, I don't know, uh, that's been successful in, in, in uh, raising funds for a film that – you know, they've done it through ICOs. I just, I just don't know about it. Maybe I just don't know about it. Yeah. I think because I'm saying is right now, the, the traditional model is still the prevalent one. And mm-hmm. also we are in such a content explosion with SVOD that, you know, now it's everything. It, it's like a, it's massive vacuum suck towards SVOD. So, uh, you know, if you've got an idea, if you, you know, you go and pitch it to the, the SVOD players and, you know, they come in there and they say, what's your budget for the film? Let's say it's ten bucks. We'll give you twelve bucks. You get to keep the two buck cushion. You make it for ten. There's your profit, but we own everything. I'm just very, you know, back of the envelope accounting it for you, so you kind of understand where this is all being headed. Because at the end of the day, if you're a guy you just want, or or or, or a lady who wants to make a film, um, well, and and they're going to give you the money to make your film, and they're going to stay out of your way to do it. Why wouldn't you do that? And you're going to have distribution around the world, you know. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that, what it is. I mean that, that, that model seems to be, I mean, moving really quickly right now. Is it, is it fairly, um, I mean, if with a good idea and a, and a good plan for a movie is it sounds like they're funding that pretty readily with S5. Is I mean, is well, there I mean, people yeah, having trouble well, getting good ideas? That, well, no, it's not that it's just, you, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta have uh, reliable showrunners and producers 
producers who have created content before that they can have faith in when it comes to the delivery of the final content. Because at the end of the day, they don't want to invest the money if they don't think you're going to be able to complete it. So they're very, you know, particular about, you know, who the people are that they're going to, you know, uh, sign these deals with. Because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you got the show idea. I think it's great. You know, we're going to, you're going to have that showrunner, that director, you're, you're mini packaging it them for them also. But at the same time for them, it's, you got this kind of date to deliver by because we need to have it on, you know, on our platform by this time. And we've got to make sure that you're going to be able to do it. And that's it. I mean, and, and in the film, world and the television world it's different. like television series have a different time but you have to much move much much quicker um than you do in film film you know you spend seven or eight nine months to do a two-hour movie whereas with 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 tv shows they got to crank out like on a tv series that i'm you know, very familiar with um called madam secretary because i know the producer very well um 23 shows in nine months that's a lot of content i mean you got to think fast you got to think fast and you got to be good at it and you got to understand the ebb and flow of the story and where it's going to go and how it's going to navigate. These kind of things are very, very important when you're thinking about the timeline of, you know, not just what kind of content you want to create, how you want to create it and how is it going to be seen ultimately by your audience. Yeah. And with, and with television and, uh, and movies, I mean, it's, it's both an industry that could have some interesting developments. The, the idea of the micro payments and paying for what you actually watch is a is an interesting future as well. Where possibly instead of a subscription service that you're talking about, maybe you're paying per you know per minute that you watch, and it just kind of automatically comes out of your account. And um, yeah, so don't accidentally leave your TV on. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, there's there's some the micro payments make a really interesting inroad in all this as well. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if you're creating that content, you want to make sure you, you can uh, realize the revenue down. down. I mean, even if it's here, here's the thing. I mean, it, for example, Sundance Film Festival just finished, right? I mean, I just want to kind of like, like make you think about this. And if you were lucky enough to be one of those films in Sundance that, that was able to get this huge deal through the big SVOD company, you know, endless wallet, you know, companies that have so much money to throw at, 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 at good films. And wow. So you got there and you, you met the, the film got picked up for 10, $15 million. That's fantastic. How much of it is actually going to come back to you? Think about it. You've got lawyers, you've got managers, you've got agents, you've got taxes, you've got all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, you may only see a small fraction of that money that, you know, they, they're giving you the commitment for because of the fact that there's so many other middle players involved whereas you know in the world of of john doe or jane doe who just is desperate to get their film out there they don't know who to call who to talk to them they're not connected in the industry but they have this thing where their technology is going to be able to immediately plug them into a world but they would never had access to before that's the beautiful thing so what you didn't get onto that you know into that big festival you didn't get all that hype and but guess what? You were able to immediately put out there if it's good, it becomes viral. And next thing you know, you found a way to monetize it. Yeah. I mean, again, it just, it, 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 for an independent filmmaker, that's the exciting stuff. For sure. I mean, it really reminds me of, the, of how the music industry has changed. Like the music that I listen to now is 
things that I find that are curious that I find online that are, that sound cool as opposed to in the past where there was this huge filter on the music industry and the music that I would hear would be, have to be filtered through the entire industry. And there's, you know, so I'm getting the 10 that are served up to me. Whereas now online I have unlimited amount of independent artists and I'm choosing what, what sounds good to me. You know, it's, it's a different removing that filter for the movie industry is, is a crazy thought. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, as well as I do, I mean, just because you put it out there doesn't mean it's good and it's going to get consumed. But the fact of the matter is if you have the opportunity to do it out of those opportunities, more opportunities come about, but also with, with this content creation explosion with SVOD, you know, at what point does all that merge into what, what I call YouTubization? You know, mm-hmm. at what point do you, you know, is it Netflix? Is it Amazon? Is it YouTube? What is it? Because there's so much out there, you know, and how do you, how do you go through the process, Brandon, of curating the thing that's right for you? Now, now the whole C to C will get to a point where that, content to consumer will also become uh, a tool where it becomes more refined, where it becomes, wow, I only want to see movies, for example, that have everything to do with historical epics. Like, let's say that's my thing. I don't care about any other kind of movies. I want historical epics. I want my platform to only focus on that. And I want all content to be created. I want all content to be gathered from wherever source from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, to be only on that subject matter because I'm a, I'm a nut about that. Because mm-hmm. right now, think about it. You turn on your cable, you, there's channels for everything right there. Now, just imagine if you were able to only see the kind of channel and you were able to, to, to not, not just um, bring an amalgamation of all these things together and to pull them, but also to be able to not just license them, but also you know, be able to monetize it. If, if you're the creator, you're monetizing it. If you're, if you're the platform, you can, you can license the, the stuff from other places that aren't being used and generate revenue that way, or you can try to be the creator of that and put it on that platform and monetize it that way also. It'd be very curated. In other words, curated content. How do you get to curated content? Because if there's so much out there and I don't want to see 900 channels, I don't want to end up on channel 762. I just want one or two or three channels. That's it. I can do that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, and of course, I mean, Netflix does that for you already. I mean, for, you know, you can, you can scroll and tell you based on this choice, we recommend this choice. And those <clears throat> outputs and that AI that's being used for that, that's fascinating, you know, which brings me yeah. to my next one after, which brings me to my next, uh, you know, panel discussion after Berlin, which will be strictly on metadata. So if you follow us, you know, all around, you'll see that every single segment that I'm doing on this blockchain technology, technology in these, with these panels will find one aspect of the film industry's needs and challenges and shortcomings when it comes to uh, that industry and how technology can be, be helpful if it's adapted, adopted, and you and hold. Yeah, the, I mean, the Netflix, the Netflix algorithm is just, I mean, that's, that's their kind of their bread and butter and what let them pull away from everyone else. It seems like the, uh, some, some company or some entrepreneurs will step in as far as curating content goes because the uh, collection of, of that data and then the serving it back to people um, in a way that makes it the, U, the UX really good for them is, is a huge opportunity. So uh, yeah, to your point, that's going to be a, 
a big part of the puzzle there and some tech company doing metadata will probably step in. Maybe, maybe Netflix will step in and use their algorithm for it. You never know. Um, and that, that would be a kind of a wild development if, if Netflix somehow started implementing, um, they're a very, fairly forward looking, uh, company. So they may start integrating blockchain. I know that most of the, the, most of the big tech companies out there, uh, IBM is a huge one that they're all really focused on blockchain right now. They're all kind of building as fast as they possibly can behind closed doors to stay relevant. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the big SVOD companies are also working on that. Um, yeah. And the thing is also, you know, it's already been in place. They just don't talk about it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? A lot of it is already being used. It's just not talked about. Mm -hmm. And because, because right now, whenever you say the word blockchain, it is, it, it's in the, it, there's, you've got, you're kind of dealing with the inverted part of the, uh, the hockey stick. Yeah. You're dealing with, no, seriously, you're dealing with the negative, negative aspects of blockchain associated with cryptocurrencies downfall. And mm -hmm. also the kind of stuff that you hear in the news, like, oh, this guy died and, you know, 190 million <laughs> bucks of, of Bitcoin was locked up and nobody can access it. So every, all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, blockchain, cryptocurrency, it's the same thing, blah, blah, blah. But what they don't focus on is, is the positive aspects. Once, once you are shifting that, the bottom of that hockey stick into the, the position where you can hit the puck, that's where it becomes a much more important discussion and much more relevant to focus on the positive aspects rather than negatives. And, and, and once again, it, it's, it's human nature, right? Um, are, are we seeing things as the glass half full or are we seeing it as, as half empty? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's hard to, uh, I don't even like mentioning, I, sometimes I leave blockchain out of my uh, work description, depending on who I'm talking to, because I don't want to deal with the, with all the following questions right now. It's a uh, crypto winter is, is, has been long. So um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a uh, rough to mention blockchain. Definitely using the word crypto or cryptocurrency is like, it's like a bad word right now. So, um, but, uh, but the text there and that $190 million, I actually looked at some of the, uh, the ledger with some of the transactions there. They have some of that, that money, um, like previously was like going from like to other exchanges and to like random, random places. That's a, that's a really interesting situation. Um, as far as, you know, that guy dying with a hundred million dollars locked up. Um, well, but this is what happens. You get, <laughs> you get news crawl about the negative aspects here and once, you know, two or three pieces of news that goes viral and everybody starts freaking out about it and they all think that that's what it is. Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, you see my opinion is now justified because look at the negative news, mm -hmm. but let's not, it's like there's so much more positive. It, it's all about your perspective and how you are able to approach things anything in life i don't want to be overly philosophical about it but it's it's just what i'm seeing about it this technology is so pregnant with it just takes innovative smart people enough time give them enough time they'll figure out the kinks very quickly because it's useful and it and it's something that's necessary because way too many people out there are getting screwed mm -hmm. and not seeing their money come back to them Mm -hmm. And the gatekeepers who have manipulated this, uh, this game for the longest time have, you know, taken advantage of, of too many, you know, people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it, it, there's so, this possibility to unlock way, some. 
I must I must get a little legal on you. The exper- the, the the opinions expressed herein are only mine and not uh, the organization that I represent. So I just want to let you know that this is all my opinion, and I'm I'm thankful that you you took t- took the time to have a conversation with me because I'm doing all these panels around the world and stuff. So it's it's important that I let you know these are all my opinions and only my opinions. That's spoken like a true attorney turned filmmaker, uh, now turned blockchain advocate. Yeah, absolutely. These are all my my opinions are my own on the uh, EOS podcast as well here because uh, I say some dangerous things sometimes. So don't don't give those to anyone else. <laughs> um, yeah. So as far as well, as far as your uh, next show regarding metadata, what what have you? What have you heard about how that's going to be used, or what's what's kind of the what are the initial thoughts on that? Well, the, the initial thoughts that well, all of I'm always curious about it. How in the world is it going to apply to me? You know, mm-hmm. you always start off with yourself. You know, Joe Schmo, yo me. I go to the movie theater and I buy a ticket for Gladiator. Okay, and from that, you know, you get to sense that okay, said person age you know, because I've got a movie card or something like that. And I want to make sure I get my points. So they got my date of birth. They've got my, you know, email address. They've got my home address because they send the, they have all this information. They know exactly what your, you know, what your likes are. They can start creating, you know, data points, you know, based on that. Um, It's already existing. I'm just letting you know how they're able to use that metadata, for example, in targeting content for that, for that type of person. So whenever, for example, I come up with a movie of that same genre. Well, somewhere in some database, there's going to be a list of a thousand people who like this kind of stuff. And I know the guy's email address. Boom. I'll directly go through some kind of bot, MailChimp or whatever, letting him know that on Brandon's TVOD, you can see Kayvon's film. Mm-hmm. Metadata. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the tiny, tiny example. Yeah. Tiny example. Metadata is kind of like the the key to the uh, entire tech universe right now, isn't yeah. it? It's that's <laughs> that's that's almost part of everything we do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. And, and, and for all those companies out there, like you know the big guys, I mean, it's like a buffet for them. Mm-hmm. They walk in there, it's like a buffet. They have so much. I mean, they're they're already all. I mean, they're all you know taking you know your your information and 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 using it in such a way that they're <clears> able to target. Yeah. So, so metadata, I mean, that's already, that's already here. I would say that blockchain, how blockchain affects metadata is almost the, it's almost an anti metadata type of uh, use case because uh, what blockchain will allow us to do is, is kind of black box our identity or black box our uh, what we're doing and then allow us to release the parts of our information that we want, but it allows us in the future to control our identity. So let's say I have my virtual identity on the blockchain and it's secured with maybe my retina and my, you know, some bio scan that, that secures it. Uh, now I go and I buy that movie ticket or I log into a TVOD subscription and it says, do you want to give your name and address or do you want to tell how long you were watching or do you want to tell what you were watching? And blockchain will allow you to keep your identity black boxed or sure i'll let them know who i am and what i'm doing these specific parts only but in return for something and then what comes in return well if uh, it's a blockchain if you're watching through a blockchain then 
the advertisers are going to pay you some sort of token or some sort of, they're going to pay you and uh, for the value that you're giving through your metadata. So uh, protecting our metadata and then tokenizing it uh, or getting paid for the value that we're providing to advertisers is, is where I think that that probably fits in with bigger picture with, with wow, the film that's, industry. that's awesome. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I'm sure that... Uh, you just educated me, and I love it, because I did not know that. Oh, cool. So that's great. I mean, what I'm saying is, like, you know, once again, I, you know, I'm, I'm like a sponge. I'm trying to absorb all this information, and it's so, you know, and it's, as it's being presented to me, I'm thinking, you know, I'm just trying to connect the dots, too. Like, how can I use this? How can I use that? And how can I, how can I use it, and how can I not use it? Because that's just it. It's not the, it's not the solution for everything, but it's a solution for the low-hanging fruit stuff that can be automated and used in a, in a certain way. So it's how you get enough smart people in a room to connect those dots for you in such a way that is, you know, palatable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we've hit on a, a few of your, uh, of your talks. You have metadata, you have the one that you already did as far as distribution goes. Um, yeah, what it, started, it, started off, it started off as called Transparency Anatomy of a Blockchain Distribution Strategy, which okay. you can find on YouTube easily. And then yeah, that's, that, a, that's, that's a great talk. Actually, I watched it. Um, thank, you, what, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And then you have the the one the metadata. What else do you have coming up? What other shows do you have? Well, coming well, yeah, well here's the thing. So the 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 the, the first three are already set set in stone, kind of so to speak. As we progress, we are going to see how the because the, the discussions are very organic and they're very natural. They flow from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. And so I've got enough right now to go through the first three. And then the, 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 the last three will be, will, will be dovetailing from the previous three conversations. So you see every conversation builds on the next conversation. And you know, the first one let, had, well, had so much content in it that it gave us enough of the talk for, for the next two. So the next ones, you see what I'm saying? So it flows naturally and isn't something that's just so scripted. I like to keep things very freestyle. I like to keep them relevant. And also if things become stale, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I want to talk about what's, you know, very current. I want to, you know, I mean, so by the time you get to the sixth one, you have watched something that is kind of like a baby. It's taken its first steps after a year on that sixth episode, that sixth segment, you will see that baby walking. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, you know, we can attract the right people so that they say, Oh, okay. I know where you're going with all this. What else can you do? Yeah, absolutely. So we have the uh, when is when is the next show or when excuse next, me when is the next panel that people can the next panel is yes it's on February the 9th from two to three p.m. Central European time in Berlin during the EFM Horizons. It's in the EFM Horizons section, which is an entire day set up for called what's called blockchain in motion, and um, we are the only panel that uh, is is uh, is doing a, a talk after an, a workshop on blockchain applications in, in the film industry. So it's a fantastic way to kind of end the day on the talks, on the workshops, uh, with, a, with a real serious discussion with these uh, companies that are in the forefront of this technology in the film business. Fantastic. And then what's the third show you have planned? The third one is, is right now we're in the embryonic stages of negotiating the venue, it'll be in New York in the third week of April. So I can't tell you exactly where it's going to be until it's, it's solidified and we're able to lock it down. But uh, right now we're, we're, we're eyeballing the third week of April in New York City. 
And then the Cannes Film Festival, definitely that's going to be our big daddy because that's our, our biggest international event. Uh, that'll be in May and the third week of May. And then the last week of August will be the Venice Film Festival. And then the second week of September, it'll be the Toronto Film Festival where we wrap it up. All right. Well, people, uh, people have a lot to look forward to. And that's, that sounds I hope so. awesome. I, I thank you so much. And yeah. uh, can I also mention that, that as a result of all this, you know, um, I'm going to be doing an emerging media and finance podcast uh, and videocast with Pathbender uh, Media back in Los Angeles. They're based in uh, Sunset Gower Studios in LA. And um, I'm associated with, with them on a proprietary fund that is currently past compliance with the global link bank. I'm sorry, with the global bank. So they develop and manage IP and utilize experienced uh, showrunners for, for the domestic series of, of the thing I'm doing. So they're going to be coming on board and helping me expand these talks more and more as we progress. But I would love to do more with you, Brandon, because cool. this was my very first podcast and was the funnest thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, great. This is uh, so well, good. I appreciate, our, in I, I, appreciate podcast fact, I appreciate the fact that you were so kind to me and so easy with me because I was a little bit nervous about how to do it, how to do a, how to do a podcast. I'm still very old school. So I, wow. I thank you for walking me through this and helping me uh, make, make it something that was uh, very, um, conversational. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we will, you know, we'll probably, we should invite you back on after you've had a few more of your um, panels and, and the conversations developed a little bit. I'd love to hear where. Well, let's see if the audience goes. likes it. <laughs> it all depends yeah, we'll on see. your audience. We'll see. The audience likes it. If the audience doesn't like it, he's out. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll let the people I speak. Many, I learned that lesson many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the people we speak. Had four viewers. We had four mm -hmm. viewers and two of them fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. We'll let the viewers speak. Um, so that's, uh, we're, we're wrapping up here in my EOS podcast, friends. I will put links uh, for anything that you, uh, for possibly your other podcasts that you're uh, going to go on there, Kavan, and also for the YouTube uh, of the yeah, initial panel you, that you had, I'll share. Yeah, if, yeah if, because the great thing is if people watch the, the, the YouTube video that I did that, that starts off this entire uh, um, discussion, it will become a lot more easily understandable that we're regarding, you know, how I view this. Um, and it's, it's a great um, preamble for, for this discussion. Absolutely. Um, well, until next time I use podcast friends, remember there's a podcast version. Also, it's not just our beautiful faces on YouTube here or yours and my, you know, my, all right, <laughs> my, my shiny head and my funny hat. <laughs> um, the podcast version is so people can listen at work and pretend like they're working, but actually learn about EOS and blockchain technology. So, um, thank you very much. Yeah. I thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. And, uh, cheers, my EOS friends. Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. Have a lovely day. You cheers. Too. Bye -bye. The money is not the prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is. Just...